guys, Dave Van Auken here, episode 149 of the Dave Van Auken Show. It's Monday, October 31st. Happy Halloween. All right, we got some treats for you today on the show. How about a little UFC Vegas 43, uh, 63 recap? Calvin Cater goes down to a devastating knee injury. Uh, just just devastating. Uh, really, really great Roundtree versus Jacoby fight in the controversial with the win. And then uh, can I sprinkle in a little bit of that Jake Paul Anderson Silva boxing match that, yes, you want to complain about. But, yes, I'm talking to you right now. Watched it or watched multiple, multiple highlights or streamed it illegally. Yes, I'm talking to you. And then, of course, guys, we have our guy, UFC lightweight, undefeated in the UFC, 18-1-1 lifetime, going to get married in a couple weeks. He's back, Grant Dawson, and uh, it's a good one, guys. We talk a little bit about fighting, a little bit about Mark Madsen, right? A little bit about Islam Makhlchev winning the championship, and then we get into things he wants to talk about, like Star Wars, and we go for 10 minutes. Uh, It's pretty damn good. So, Grant Dawson will be the anchor of this podcast. We got Ben and Bananas later on the week. A lot of things to get to. But before we do, let's pay some bills. Guys, let's go to the MMAshark.com today. Talking about my guy, Paul. One of the best MMA handicappers in the business. And the thing that I love most about using the MMA Shark, he doesn't just handicap UFC. Guys, we're talking about Bellator. We're talking about he'll sprinkle a little bit of PFL, a little bit of LFA. Guys, he will even sprinkle in some high-end boxing matches for you for absolutely free. Guys, go with the MMA Shark. Uh, his... I think his services are unmatched. Uh, we have a great, great uh, coupon going on right now. So get with us. DM me or Fight Bananas. We can try to hook you up for the month of November, but we don't have uh, unlimited spaces. So let's get a couple of you guys out there for free. We'll send you out. Get a month for free. And when you do, you will stick with him. He just wins you money. Why would you not want to do a service that wins you money? So go to the MMAshark.com today. And, of course, if you want to bet on any MMA fights or if you want to bet on a little football like my Bills Mafia winning once again 6-1, and one, if you want to bet on my Bills to win the division, go to Pack22.com. Go to Pack22.com. Get with us. Use the promo code FIGHTBANANAS. DM me. I will get you involved with the owner. Uh, he will give you guys 100% match that deposit with trade cash, real cash. You put in 500 bucks, you get $500 in your account right away. You have $1,000. Go win it. Go bet on the bills and uh, go bet on Grant Dawson this weekend. All right, let's get into it. Enough of paying the bills. Grant Dawson at the end. Two quick things, UFC Vegas 63, and then uh, let's get into a little bit of Jake Paul. So first of all, yeah, Calvin Cater goes down with the injury. It's devastating. Uh, it's It almost log jams the division even more. You think one person will move on. But with Arnold Allen winning that way, and then let's just be honest, let's just throw this icing on this cake. For him to absolutely butcher, him pronouns, uh, Arnold Allen to absolutely butcher his post-fight interview with Michael Bisping, he does not get the shot. Like, he doesn't automatically get the interim shot or, of course, the shot with just Volkanovski. Guys, like, what are we freaking doing here? I understand if everyone's not Conor McGregor up there on the mic. I get it. I get if you don't want to pull out the GSP and get on your knees and beg Dana White for the title shot. I get it. But for you to absolutely butcher it, he couldn't even say a damn name. I don't think he knew anyone in this goddamn division. Arnold Allen's like, yeah, I think I should. No, yeah, no, I, oh, I didn't want to win it that way. Of course not. But you did win it that way. Like, you were the favorite. Um, it was a close first round. Injuries happen, and I, I almost. 
I think people like Aljamain Sterling here and Aaron Allen don't get enough credit for winning. Guys, Calvin Cater tried to do a fly-in knee, and Arnold Allen moved out of the way and defended the right way, and he got hurt. Like, that's a part of the game. Uh, Arnold Allen does deserve a little bit of credit for this win. Does he deserve enough credit to get a title shot? Probably not, but God damn it. Wouldn't you want to ask for it? Wouldn't you want to say it? Wouldn't you want to demand it? None of those guys, Yair, Josh Emmett, does not have the winning streaks that Arnold Allen has. If I'm Arnold Allen, that's what I'll say. Hey, Volk, you've never fought a guy with a 10-fight win streak. Hey, Volk, stop dodging me. Hey, Volk, stop trying to move divisions. I want the shot. I deserve the shot. My name is Arnold Allen. Look at that. I just I just made Arnold Allen $800,000. But with him saying with him butchering it, he does not get it. I threw out I really like Arnold Allen versus Yair Rodriguez next. Both guys are um, right there. They are both right there, but I don't think they're both I don't think neither of them fight for the title and both of their last victories ended with a guy getting hurt that, you know, people thought Ortega or Calvin were the, maybe the bigger name or kind of the favor going into the fight, that kind of thing, you know. So Yair and Arnold, you match them together. The winner finally moves on to that interim or world championship. Guys, if you want, if, if, if you want to do Josh Emmett versus Max Holloway as a little bit of a uh, tip of the hat of one of being the one of the greatest featherweights of all time and put them together for the interim, I'm down. If you want to put him as an absolutely number one contendership for the undisputed against Volkanowski, or if you just want to put Emmett versus Volkanowski in uh, May or June, I'm down with that as well. So there's my uh, featherweight scrap on top. Um, all right, let's talk about it a little bit, guys. Uh, Jake Paul defeats Anderson, the Spider Silva, in a box match, unanimous decision. Uh, I watched the fight. I actually had it exactly like the judges. I thought Jake Paul won um, six out of the eight rounds. Uh, it was a close fight. It was a back-and-forth fight. Anderson definitely touched him, all of that. But Jake Paul, to me, won that fight pretty handily. Um, if <laughs> I say this all the time, like there are so much out there. There's so much content uh, just in just sports or just mixed martial arts or boxing. I always say like TV shows. Guys, a couple weeks ago, I finished up Stranger Things season four. It's pretty awesome. I know some people that absolutely love it. I watch it as a uh, as a regular. I'm not a diehard of any means. I probably can't tell you five characters' names. I can tell you 11, right? I don't know the names, but I watched every episode, and I liked it all. It's a really good show. Like, there's different levels. I also like House of Dragon. I'm a huge Parks and Rec. Look at that, like a comedy. Like, there are different flavors, of course. There's different flavors of ice cream and milkshakes. Anytime I go to a cool milkshake place... And a friend asked me, uh, what kind of milkshake? Anything cheesecake. It can be regular cheesecake, strawberry cheesecake, got caramel cheesecake. I want a cheesecake milkshake. That's my thing. Some people love vanilla. If you guys don't like the Jake Paul, I understand, and I'm fine with that. I, I will never force anything on upon on someone, especially I get it too because it's such a uh, circus of an event. Like There's not a lot of pure boxing on it. But let's just go on the other side, guys. Jake Paul got a ton of people paid that night. Guys on the undercard, vendors, uh, you know, media members, 
let's just call it a spade to spade. Jake Paul got Anderson Silva one last payday. Like what Jake Paul did, if, if you guys can't uh, get behind the the motion of Jake Paul and the commotion and the boxing and the purity of it, that's fine. I'm cool with that. But I just don't understand the the visceral hate and the angst and to try to tear down what he's getting. Uh, thousands of people, guys, got paid that night. Thousands. Not just Jake. Not just Showtime Sports. Ariel Hawani got a payday. Anderson Silva, like I said, got a payday. I know media members that got out there and had a time of their life out there in Phoenix, Arizona. Like where he's creating commerce for so much, for so many. If you're not a fake uh, Jake Paul fan, that's fine. But can we just like, if you're if you're not a fan, just let it go, let it be. You you don't have to comment, you don't have to tear down, you don't have to retweet, you don't have to share stuff on Facebook. But the two things I would say at the end of it, not even of just him getting commerce for so many, for so many. One is I all this my thing now I go to back and back and forth. I see the analytics behind Fight Bananas. I see every single number. And two hours before Jake Paul defeated Anderson Silva, I made a post that Arnold Allen defeated Calvin Cater. That got 130,000 people to see it, reach it, share it, retweet, like it. Two hours later, I made a post that Jake Paul, the problem child, defeated Anderson the Spider Silva with via unanimous decision. That post got nine hundred thousand likes, shares, retreat, reach. It got seven times the amount of reach that Arnold Allen did. And Arnold Allen is a high-end UFC fighter, a top three five in his featherweight division, which is one of the most limelight divisions on the roster. Jake Paul out-eyed him seven times. By seven times. So people are watching. People are intrigued. People are liking. If it's even positive or negative, people are into it. And we, we can't just shimmy at that. He's doing something to get people involved, to get people to watch. And what are we going to watch next? So he defeats Anderson Silva. Uh, you know, there's all this KSI and Fury and all this stuff. Guys, to me, it's so easy on this one. And I think this is what the UFC does better, uh, so much better than boxing. God dang, so much better. When something is obvious, the UFC puts it together. Volk was there. Volk was asking for it. Makhlchev won. Makhlchev was asking for it. Boom. Guys, we're going to get Makhlchev Volk. It's going to happen. I know the poster is an official, but we're, it's going to happen. Guys, Jake Paul wants Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz is not a, a UFC fighter anymore. He's a free agent. He wants Jake Paul. He was there. He put his guy on the undercard. Guys, it's, it's going to happen. It should happen. The spring of 2023 should be a Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz boxing match. And, of course, I check on it because I'm a gambling guy. I go to Pac-22, and I bet on it because I get my information from the MMA Shark. How Jake Paul is a minus 260 favorite right now. Like, what world are we living in? This is madness. But there we go. There's the Jake Paul spiel. Uh, UFC Vegas 63. Shout out to Roundtree and uh, Dustin Jacoby. What a fight. What a freaking fight. Guys, Grant Dawson's coming on. I'm telling you, it's 20, 22 minutes of gold. Um, undefeated in the UFC, 28 years young. He talks about his unusual fight camp. 
He talks about, um, you know, about to be married in a couple weeks. Talks about also podcasting and streaming in the uh, MMA realm. And then, uh, yeah, we get into a little bit of a Star Wars banter back and forth. It's awesome. So here we go, guys. To anchor the show, the undefeated UFC lightweight, 18-1-1, Grant Dawson. Guys, happy uh, Monday. Happy Halloween to everyone out there. A great day. My man Grant Dawson is joining me. What's up, brother? How are you? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Thank you for having me on the show again. Uh, Man, always a pleasure. Always love talking to you. And it's been crazy lately. Uh, How much, um, you know, fiance, soon to be wife, you know, on the show every week with Ben and Bananas. And we've done lunch a couple times now. It's a different time. You know, it's uh, I remember watching your contender series fight. And be like, oh, okay, like we got someone here, and now just uh, our relationship and our communication builds—it's crazy time, man. Um, but uh, are you a Halloween guy? Let's ask that first and foremost. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not really. I don't really celebrate a whole lot of holidays. I don't really celebrate my birthday. Um, Christmas, Christmas was a big one in my family, okay. more more so for religious reasons. Um, and and I guess I guess I like Halloween time because fall is my favorite weather. Yeah, uh, or uh, my favorite weather, my favorite season. Sound like a moron there. Uh, <laughs> but now that I live in Florida, it really doesn't change much. It's just sunny and nice all the time. So I don't really get that fall weather anymore. So that's kind of sad. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm all right. I'm, I'm glad everybody's having a good day here. So yeah, yeah. it is uh-huh. what it is. It, it, and it gets a lot different when, when the kids come around, man. Like uh, I was always decent on Halloween, but now the kids are so into it and they love dressing up. And now the girls are dressing up. Of course, the dad and my wife, we have to dress up something with them. So it's a, it's a different ball game. But uh, my man, it's fight week for you, brother. It's crazy times. Um, I have to ask you that generic question because I even saw a couple of your things that you put out there already. And, you know, we've talked some stuff off air. A crazy little fight camp, right? Um, kind of let me ask that question first and then the more questions we'll leave from it. How was it to have this fight camp grant with a date kind of in permanent black marker in mind, but not really an opponent or multiple, multiple opponents in, out, in, out? You really don't know. Was that different? Was that something unique and different? And did you like it or did you not like it as much maybe? Uh, Yeah, it it was definitely frustrating while it was happening because I didn't know if I was going to be able to fight because like you said, I'm getting married on the 20th of November. So two weeks after my fight, I'm getting married. I've got to pay for this. I've got to like, you know, I got bills and dogs to feed. So it's like uh, it it was very stressful during the process. But once I got a fight uh, in line and like okay, you got two weeks to prepare for this guy. It was kind of nice because it was kind of like, I've been in camp. I've been preparing for people. And then it's just kind of like, okay, it's this guy. We're in shape. We're ready to go. We're going to make weight. Let's just go out there and fight. Uh, I think Mark Madsen is a very, very tough opponent. I think he's a very, very um, big, big step up for me and a big name for me to win against. I definitely think the winner of this fight gets ranked. However, Before Mark Madsen, we were getting ready for Gregor Gillespie, another good wrestler. So I think that that kind of plays to my benefit in the sense that, okay, really I've had four weeks to get ready for an orthodox wrestler. Right, right. And I heard something that you said earlier on one of your, uh, you know, interviews, how you were saying like, you're just, you're a competitor. At the end of the day, where you were born a competitor, you're a competitor in high school, college, and now, and so is, of course, Madsen with the, the, the silver medalist and all that nature. Just you guys are competing. It, it, 
you know, there's been numerous of different names and we don't have to go down and bracket each name in and out and uh, lefties, you know, there's a, you know, a really great Brazilian that you were maybe going to fight a high end big guy. So there are different, a lot of different names, but at the end of the day, you guys in six days are going to lock yourself in a cage and you're going to compete. And the winner, like you said, will be ranked. Both of you guys have never lost in the UFC. Like this is a, to me, a really high end UFC lightweight matchup. This is a great fight. Absolutely. What I keep telling people is this is not a grappler versus a grappler. This is a competitor versus a competitor. He's an Olympic silver medalist in Greco-Roman wrestling. He's been winning competitions his entire life. I've been winning competitions my entire life. These are the, this isn't wrestler versus wrestler, striker versus wrestler, any of that. This is competitor versus competitor and whoever wins this fight is going to be the better competitor it's not going to come down to who's got better wrestling who's got better striking or who's got better conditioning it's going to come down to who the better competitor is uh this is another apex uh fight uh you fought you know there multiple multiple times uh you know we just saw two UFC, ufc 280 i do want to ask you one question on that before we go uh the crowd was crazy and a lot of stuff in and out are you itching? Are you kind of like, you know, I've done this Apex uh, numerous of times. Are you itching to do one of these, you know, even out of the country cards, like the London cards or bananas, a New York City card? Are you itching to do something like that in the near future? I don't really know, honestly. I, I okay. haven't been in front of a crowd since 2019. I fought Derek Minner. Uh, who's on the card with me, by the way? There you and- go. So I, I honestly don't know. I think there's part of it that there's there's pros and cons, you know. Your energy is a little bit better with a crowd because everybody's going crazy, but it's harder to hear your coaches. It's harder to get into that like Zen mo- mode or whatever. Right. Uh, there's pros and cons. I'm a competitor. I'm going to compete no matter if there's 10 people there or 10,000 people there. I'm here to fight. And and once you start fighting, it kind of just is all background noise anyway. Gotcha. Um, you know, we talked about it. 18, one and one, you know, undefeated in the UFC. Madsen's 12 and 0. He's undefeated in the UFC. High end match. And kind of like the question or kind of just a more of a conversational thing is, you know, mixed martial arts to me, of course, you're at, you're at a camp and you train and all of that nature. But at the end of the day, you lock yourself in a cage. It's one versus one. And it's wild to me that you're, you know, the wedding on the way and you mentioned the dogs and you mentioned bills of all that nature. Yeah, uh, You don't succeed. You don't make money unless someone, another human being, weighing 155 pounds, signs the contract accepting a fight against you. Is it a little bit wild or is that one of the most frustrating parts about this fight game that you have to depend on someone else saying yes, uh, because you have goals and you have aspirations in your own, like you're not just going to fight the 86 guy, maybe for maybe you will, but like you want to be world champion. I know this about you. Like, is that a little bit frustrating that you have to depend on one of these, you know, and you mentioned a couple names back then. And this is Madsen said yes to accept the fight. Yeah, man, in, in other sports, that, that's kind of what's unique about our sport. In other right. sports, like you have to play other teams. You know, you don't, yes, yeah, you don't get schedule. to choose your lineup. You have a schedule. Yeah. And then yeah. even in wrestling, like you didn't, that's 1v1, but it's like you go to the tournaments and they, they match you up and then you just go out and you wrestle. And uh, if, you have a, if you have a disagreement with where you should be seated, you get to go out there and decide if you were right or wrong. So it, it is kind of a... It is kind of annoying because a lot, especially in my weight class, there's so many people. So it's it's very easy for people to say no to fights. I've said no to fights before because of timing and, and this isn't right. right and, and, you know, I'm not ready to fight like here and I'm not getting paid enough for this. And 
I get it. And I'm, I'm, I'm for people doing what's best for their career. But once sure. it comes down to a certain point, like we got to be promised fights here. You know, if it yeah. was between me not getting the fight that they wanted and not fighting this year, even though I was saying yes to everybody, I think they should have signed somebody to fight me because they can find a nobody that would fight me to get right. signed to the UFC. Like right. I've, I've got bills to pay. I've got right. dogs to take care of and, and a soon to be wife to spoil. So, uh, <laughs> You know, find me fights, man, especially in our weight class. There's so many people. You can find somebody. And they found somebody, and I think it's going to get me ranked after. And I definitely think that 2023 is going to be a lot easier of a year than 2022. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we'll mention, like, your future wife here in a second again. Um, Marco, Matt, this is like – I can't express this enough, I think, how good this fight is. Uh, both of you guys – after this fight, I can foresee going on another three, four fight win streak, even in that 10 through 17, 18 range. This is such a great fight. Hopefully, guys, UFC Vegas 64, Saturday night, ESPN. Um, all right, L, let's mention L. I, L just had a, uh, you know, um, a contest a couple weeks ago. Uh, she's underneath this fight, Bananas Banner. We absolutely love and adore her. She's doing bed and bananas. And Saturday, she took over a little bit of the Instagram for us. And you and Tiago Moises are there, and you're watching the fights. And I talked to Elle about this a little bit. What was it for you that the UFC lightweight championship is on the line? I thought the promotion did an amazing job promoting Oliveira and the Makochev, the Embeddeds. The, uh, it just seemed so grand. Like, this was a huge night. It was all about the UFC lightweight division. Even the Gamrot and Benny Darush was huge. Uh, just a magical moment. And then not even that, not even about the promotion, about uh, putting those two guys up on a pedestal. But now Makochev won afterwards. Are you like, all right, that's the guy. Like, uh, you know, Dave, I, you know, your goal is 2023, maybe 2024 this spring. If, if you win three, four more in a row, there's not a lot of guys in front of you. And some of those guys will fall out, of course. How was it watching UFC 280 and now Makhlchev? Is he, uh, you know, is he the calendar? Is he like the Rocky Drago? Are you ripping his picture down? Is that kind of what happening? Well, I definitely think you're running into a situation where the division has to step up their game because of how good Makhlchev is and how good Khabib was. When Khabib uh, was out there and people knew about him, they started right. upping their game because they knew that this guy was going to be a world champion. And then he became world champion and was kind of, seen as this unbeatable Russian that just could not lose a round even. And so I feel like the division has definitely upped a bunch since he's left. Even the guys that he fought are a lot better than they were when they fought him because they're upping their level. They're training harder. They're training smarter. They're getting better uh, uh, training partners. And they're just learning as they go. So I think we're going to run into a situation like we had with Demetrius Johnson where it was wow. just, hey, nobody's going to beat Demetrius Johnson. And then finally – you had guys like Henry Cejudo come up and be like, nah, like I'm going to up my level and I'm going to beat this guy. And then he ends up doing it. Um, I definitely think that any man can beat anybody on any given night. So I'm just going to focus on what's in front of me. But Islam Makashev right now is the end goal. So in that story, you're the uh, you're the better looking, taller Henry Cejudo. Yes, much better <laughs> looking and hopefully much less annoying. <laughs> definitely that's i think that's uh that's definitely checked with the permanent black marker uh two <laughs> two last things for you my man appreciate your time i know it's fight week big week for you cannot wait to watch this fight um one star wars question and then one uh you know podcasty kind of a question let's go with star wars i know you're a huge fan of it we've always talked about it at the time on air and off air 
the last time we talked, a lot of the other shows, I think Mandalorian 2 was ending in Bubba Fett, and then Obi-Wan was just starting. It was actually, I, remember, I think we talked about it, it was a little slow. The end of Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+, Plus. those last two, three episodes were incredible. Some of the great, to me, Star Wars uh, content ever. Did you think that as well? How much did you like the end of it? I know Andor just came out. Uh, where are you at on the Disney Plus Star Wars relationship? Man, I, I'm going to tell you, one one great episode does not make a good show. And true, uh, I, true, I, true. I, I was very, very disappointed with Obi-Wan. I felt like they, they weren't true to the character. I felt like uh, the writing was a bit confusing. And I feel like they used the Force as kind of a cop-out. Anytime there's a problem, it's like, well, this is the force. And it's like, that's that's not how that works. The last episode was incredible. The last yeah. episode saved the entire yeah. show, in my opinion. Okay. And if they had done more episodes like that, it would have been something that was even better than The Mandalorian. The thing that makes The Mandalorian so good is you can jump on any single episode of The Mandalorian, and it's incredible. It's a 9 out of 10 or a 10 out of 10 or an 11 out of 10, including a great season finale in both seasons. So. That's what made The Mandalorian so good. That's what made The Book of Boba Fett so good. Um, and I, I think part of it is to, with how hyped the the Obi-Wan series was, there was no way it was ever going to live up to what people were expecting. So you got to kind of give it a little bit of a leeway for that. But right. I was just, I was not, we could go into this for hours. But <laughs> I was I did not like the villain at all. I did not like her character. I did not like her story. I did not he, like. Great point. We actually, I actually just had a conversation, a 15 minute conversation about that. It's so funny. You bring that up. It was such a almost not needed spot in a right. Like you could have just. Dude, it, it's, it's why, why does she think that Obi-Wan is still alive? They don't tell us why, why does she, she so passionate about finding this and like, doesn't tell us why can she not use the force to read the mind of a child? They don't tell us like, right. there's just so much stuff that is like, it just, it just doesn't make any sense. Also, she gets stabbed in the gut twice. Yeah. yeah. And Vader, my Vader. And doesn't die. And, yeah. and Inquisitor gets stabbed in the gut and doesn't die. Like, do you just not need your spinal cord? Is that what <laughs> like, yeah. it, is great there but what yeah. <laughs> and then she just gets up and walks away like and and it's just not not to mention i i hate i hate the idea of like this is a new character she's a bad guy everybody hates her and then at the end it's like well she wasn't really a bad guy she was just doing bad things for the right i hate that yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. A pop out it is yeah, such, yeah. It is such because like you go back to like the people that she's gotten killed and you're like, I'm supposed to root for this character. Right, I, I, right, right. I right, right. hate it. Now, if they have a if they have like a mid I know I'm going into this too deep, nope. but they have a mid season like coming to Jesus where it's like, I've I've done bad things and I regret these bad things and I wanna make myself better. Like Zuko in Avatar the Last Airbender. That works. But if it's just like a no, I was a good guy the whole time and I just did what I had to do to no, get the fuck out of here. Like, no, you're done. That's just lazy writing. Yeah. And, and yeah. I'm over it, man. And I, I really hope that they don't they, they don't do this to my other shows. I am gonna watch uh the stories of Je what's it called? Uh 
the, the Jedi tales, story, the tales yeah, of the Jedi. Yeah, that's, the tales yeah, of the thank Jedi. You, thank you. Yeah, that's that's on our list tonight. Me and yeah. Elle are gonna watch that tonight. Uh, and I've heard really good things about that, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, let me know about it. Let, let me know about. It. I just I I hope other MMA media members watch this and like you know I've watched one thing. Like guys, stop asking Grant about uh you know American Top Team. Stop asking Grant about his opponent. Just talk Star Wars with him. Just talk shop. You know, Jesus. dude. I've been more I've been more emotional about this last question than any other question that you've asked. Me. I know. Like, not yeah, to I, mention I, like I I enjoy talking about MMA. I could talk about MMA all day, but. Everybody asks the exact same five questions over and over and yeah. over and over and over. Talk to me about Star Wars, man. We'll talk That's, all day, bro. I know. Let's go. Uh, last thing for you, my man. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, Elle's killing it for us. Uh, soon to be wife in a couple weeks. And, you know, and I know you and Tiago have a great relationship. And you guys are maybe talking about something and doing something. How important is it for you? And how important do you think it is even for the sport? You see a lot of guys like Aljamain Sterling is huge on his YouTube channel. Sean O'Malley does more Twitch and YouTube and stuff for his brand and podcast. It's like literally 25% of his brand and his persona. How important do you think podcasting and shows and kind of getting content of your stuff, a brand of yourself going forward for Grant Dawson in 2023-2024? I think it's huge, and and it's definitely something that Elle and I have talked about working on and being better at. I, I'm I'm so bad about social media, and and she's so bad about social media. And part of it is we just enjoy the time that we spend together, and we enjoy right. the time that we right. spend right. with our friends. So we're not thinking like, oh, we should post about this. And it's also just everyday life for us. Like we don't, yeah. Like it doesn't. It's not new to us. It's not different to us. It's not like unique to us. And we got to remember that we're not posting it for us. We're posting it so that people that don't live our lives can kind of see what we're doing. And it's definitely really, really important. And I'm trying to get better at it. Dave, I'm just terrible at it. I gotta tell you, I'm just. I'm really bad at it. I'm really bad at it. I'll be good about it for a couple of weeks. I'll be posting and posting, and then I just feel like I'm posting the same stuff over and over and over and over because I do the same stuff over right, and over. Right, right, right. But, hey, but like you said, it's you. I think you actually did nail it right there, Grant. It's like it's not even for you. It is for you know. I hate to say this, and it sounds so you know cruel or so, you know Henry Cejudo saying that it's kind of for your fans. Like you do want uh, people to react to you and and kind of follow you and get into you. And I'm telling you, like I know it sounds if you did like this star wars thing i'll cut up and i'll post it as a video like if you let that out of you i think people there's a you know i don't have to tell you that there is huge there's there's millions and billions of people that feel the same way that you do about star wars like wow i didn't know like grant was so into this and so passionate about this like you might you know that might just kind of you know it's the star wars guy it's it's you know it's luke versus makochev 2024 like that's that's what no, I, you're you're a hundred percent right you're a hundred percent right it's just like one of those things where it's like i i think you know what i think it is i think these guys these guys that you have mentioned like i'm just gonna use sean o'malley for an example sean o'malley went from having no followers to having millions of followers. Right. Uh, Patty Pimblett went from having no followers to having millions of followers. That didn't happen to me. I went from like no followers to a couple thousand followers, then, you know, 10,000 followers, which was really cool for me. And now I'm at like 18,000 followers. So to me, nothing has changed. There hasn't been this huge, like, like, oh my God, I'm a superstar now. And everybody wants to know what I have this. I'm still just that kid from Nebraska that's chasing a dream with his hot ass wife. Like, it, it's, it's, 
it's it's too gradual, I guess. Like it's like, oh, I don't really have that many fans. I don't have four point five million fans like Sean O'Malley or Patty Pimblin. So it's like they don't really give a shit what I'm doing. But in reality, they do. And I need to it, like that's how you grow yeah. it. I get it. You're preaching to the choir. The <laughs> choir just ain't listening. <laughs> I love it, man. Guys, Grant Dawson fighting Saturday uh versus undefeated Mark Madsen. Uh, you know, cannot wait. 15 minutes of uh, absolute craziness or 30 seconds of uh, domination. We will see Saturday. My man, any last uh, words, any last things? I saw that you even posted a video. Oh, how cool was it? You sign it and you're like, hey, mom, we made it. How cool, man. Uh, the 12-year-old Grant Dawson, would you ever think you'd be signing a, a baseball card of yourself to give out to the people? How cool is that, brother? It's incredible, dude. And, and like when I was growing up, they didn't have MMA yeah. fighters as cards, like trading cards. And if there were, they, they weren't valuable at all. Nobody cared about them. I get so many people tagging me in posts. I love it. I get mail, people sending me uh, letters and, and, and uh, the cards oh. for me to sign. And I, I absolutely love it. it it's, it's so crazy. And I, I really meant what I said when I was like, Mom, we did it. You know, yeah. uh, so much farther to go still. But yep. dang it, Mom, we did it. There we go. Another step Saturday night. Like I said, Grant, a uh, huge fan of you as the fighter, a bigger fan of you as the person, huge fan of that family uh, down there in South Florida. Grant, man, I'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you after your win Saturday night, all right? Hey, let's talk more Star Wars after my win. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, you know this, man. I'm telling you, anytime you want to come, uh, those uh, Star Wars bananas, you know what I mean? We, we can make something happen. Let's do it. Let's shoot a whole episode, just Star Wars. Me and you chalking up Star Wars. I'm down. Let's do it. Over sushi. <laughs> I'm in. Let's go. Later, brother. Have a good one, Meg. Thank you, brother. I appreciate Later. you.